Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I have a warm place in my heart for this movie. And I'm Gary, and today we're going to review and discuss The Last Starfighter, which released in 1984, from writer Jonathan R. Batool, and directed by The Shape, I mean, uh, Nick Castle. <laughs> Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Alex Rogan, played by Lance Guest. He's living at a trailer park in the middle of nowhere in America and has just recently got the highest score on the last Starfighter arcade machine that's nearby. Once he gets the high score, he is greeted by Centauri, an alien Dell boy from outer space, who takes him off to Rylos to try to take on Zer and his evil forces. <laughs> You still want to go and miss all the excitement? So the writer, uh, John Batool, mm. uh, he was reading King Arthur or a story about King Arthur at the time he came up with the idea for this film. But it was also after he walked into an arcade uh, and saw people playing games and he kind of thought, hmm, I wonder what would happen if the sword in the stone was a video game mm. and that was how you became chosen to be king and he raced away and and wrote the the story the script for the last starfighter which didn't do particularly well when no. the film was eventually released yeah it did it made its money back uh but it definitely found its audience on home video yes yeah and so i was like well i was kind of curious then how come this this film that like anyone who grew up in the 80s, 90s, it's kind of become a part of their childhood collection of films. If you were lucky enough to have, have seen it, you always remember it. Mm. So I wonder why the film didn't do very well. So I was like, I'm going to have a quick look. What films came out around the time of The Last Starfighter to find out if this is the reason why it maybe didn't do too well? Yeah. It came out around the same time, or films that had come out the month before that were also still in cinemas, yeah. including Romancing the Stone, mm, pretty big. The Neverending Story, pretty big. Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock, pretty fucking big. Conan the Destroyer, eh. I mean, it's 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 Arnie, so yeah, you know. it's Arnie, yeah. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. The Karate Kid. Oh fuck yeah. Gremlins. Fucking hell. And Ghostbusters. Oh yeah. So this... the last Starfire came out and went, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Because all these movies have come on to become staples of the 80s. Like, and they're all in the cinema within a two-month spread. It's yeah. Like, goddamn films in the 80s, man. But the magic of the 80s, <laughs> I always found, was once it got to home video, once you watched it at, um, on TV, that's when you got the cult following that is personally bigger than any box office that you can make. Yeah, yeah. I personally love this movie. Like I said, I watched it from uh, as a kid. As a, at a very young age, saw it on TV, and I, I just immediately just fell in love with that idea that, uh, you know, as a kid, I could play a video game, and somebody would come along and be like, hey, you know, you are now our champion. And I suppose at the same time, it, it harkens back to Tron as well, you know, going into the video game, being the savior of the universe, and, you know... Because at that time as well, a lot of our parents were like, don't be playing video games. Computers aren't going to be any good in the future. Man, they're going to take over the world and blow us up with nukes. It's like, all right, calm the fuck down, you know. Um, but Lance Guest as well, Alex Rogan, I have a real particular soft spot for. You know, we're talking the guy from Halloween 2. I mean, yeah, all right. He does slip over the blood and knock himself out. So he's, But he survives. <laughs> Stupid Jimmy. He survives. <laughs> but it's interesting because Nick Castle is obviously a long-time friend of John Carpenter. Oh, fuck yeah. Nick Castle was there when John was editing Halloween 2 and he was like, who's that? 
that that's Lance Guest. Yeah. He was like, that's a leading man. I want him for my next movie. I was like, well, John was like, here, I'll sort you out with him. Yeah. And, uh, and hired him because he thought that he had the face and the look of what would go on to be a leading man. And unfortunately, Lance Guest didn't quite have the the career that maybe we he could have had after the last yeah. Starfighter. I mean, Jaws for the Revenge. I'm sure there's other films that... I'm, well, Last Starfighter is probably the biggest one I know him for. But yeah. as he got older, you know, he kind of fell to the wayside. Um, but the idea of just him living at this trailer park in the middle of nowhere. Well, that's it. Like Nick Castle wanted to do uh, something different because he was when he was making this, he was like, right, who's my contemporaries here? It's fucking George Lucas <laughs> and Steven Spielberg. So it was like, right, well, I'm yeah. not going to do the E.T. poltergeist thing. Yeah. We're, we're going out of the suburbs. We need to go somewhere else. We're not going to a farm because Lucas done that. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to a trailer park. Right. No one's done that just yet. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, and it works cheaply as well because, but you it know. But I think it also has that Spielbergian charm to it. This, it does. This community this of, of that all know each other. They're friendly and it feels very inviting. Yeah. Very, very warm, you know. Um Alex is the teenage kid who I think his mum and dad run the trailer park. Um, and so because he's just finished college or, or school and he's going on to university, he wants to get out. He wants to do something big in the world. He doesn't know what it is. And so even to his friends, he's just like, look, guys, I want to hang out with you, drink beer and just have fun. But I actually want to do more with my life. Um, and so that obviously balances it with Maggie, uh, played by Catherine Mary Stewart. Beautiful lady. The night of the comet. Oh. <laughs> um, and, you know, at first, like, I was I was real mistaken because, like, when I was a kid, there was a lot taken out of the movie on TV when I was a kid. So now re-watching it on DVD, which I do need to buy, you just seen extra stuff. And so I didn't really initially see their relationship. The fact that Maggie is in love with Alex and obviously wants to go anywhere he wants to go, but she also wants to stay here because community yeah that's why because uh alex is always just like i you know i've got aspirations i don't know what they are but it's not in this trailer park i want a life i want a career i want something yeah he doesn't quite know what it is but he's always being held back and he's got maggie who's always worried about the people in this park mm. she's always like what about granny like who's gonna look after her and, and he's just like and he keeps telling her like you're just afraid to to leave to, to you know to leave this town and it's kind of true. And so it, I like the fact that she also kind of has a character arc. Yes. Throughout. Yeah. She's not just, you know, arm candy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just so waiting I kind for of, him. I kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, but it does also so help to set up Alex as well, where we see him being asked by the residents. He wants to go and spend time with his girlfriend, but he's like, I've got to go fix this. I've got to go do that. And yeah. he ends up spending all day just doing odd jobs around the trailer park. So he ends up retreating back to play Starfighter. Yeah. And so it's his only escape you know, during the day. And uh, he happens to be really good at it. Yeah. Well, there's nothing else in the park other than this game. So he's just practicing it. And, you know, when we used to play the games back in the 80s, that's what we would do. It's just after a hard day at school or dealing with shit, all you want to do is get onto your controller, you know, and just play that level over and over again. So then he's racking up the points and everybody starts to notice. And, uh, you know, Maggie's there, his brother's there. You've got, uh, I think it's George, you know, the, the, the guy who works in the trailer, uh, the trailer park. And he breaks the biggest high score of the game. And I, I loved it because you get that really nice kind of wide shot where <laughs> yeah. it's just them celebrating. It's crazy. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's not plausible at all. It's, I mean, maybe with like 
people around his age, but like the entire community's there. You got these old ladies like, yeah, you you did it. Even the dogs barking, the cats tapping on the screen. They've got nothing else, dude. (laughs) It's just so mental. But the thing that catches you is that the music swells up so brilliantly that you end up as an audience getting caught up in the rapture with it. So you're just like, yeah, he did it. (laughs) What did he do? And then as everybody is settling down, um, getting ready to go bed, Alex gets kind of distracted or called by the machine. It well, he, he ends on. up leaving home, doesn't he? Because he, he's waiting for a loan to come through so he can go to this university. Yeah. And he gets a rejection letter. And so he ends up leaving. Right. Um, you know, screw, screwing up the rejection letter and throwing it up. And then gets called, yeah, to the to the machine. Which, like I said, harkens back to how good Lance Guest was because he could go from, you know, really happy and really, you know, centered with his girlfriend all that to then being upset and angry but not to the point that he turns into a dick yeah yeah. you know just enough that you go oh i'd feel like that if i was rejected you become sympathetic to him yeah yeah. absolutely yeah um and so then when he wanders out he comes across the supercar driven by centauri uh played by robert preston who's just an almighty classical actor with fucking hundreds of fucking he is brilliant they uh when they were writing the part they wrote it it, with him in mind right right and when it got to casting they were like Shall we ask him if he wants to do the part that we kind of wrote for him? Yeah. They sent him the script and he was like, wonderful boy, so I'm in. <laughs> like, I'll do it. It's like, brilliant. Like, so everyone else had to go for auditions and everything, but this guy was like, you're in. You're in. And uh, sadly, it's one of his final film roles. He had one more, I think, after this, but yeah. he is fantastic as this like snake oil salesman. Del Boy know? from space. You know he's shady <laughs> as hell. Uh, but but he, he gets the job done. But he does. He does. And he's here just to recruit Alex. He's like, I'm a total stranger. Get in my not DeLorean. <laughs> we're, we're off. I'm not DeLorean. <laughs> oh, man. The uh, the practical effects. Like, they, they put on so much sheet metal and, yeah. and attachments to this car. Uh, so that when they were actually driving it, it went really slow because it was really heavy. <laughs> and it made so much noise. It just rattled. Oh, so shit. all that metal was just rattling on it. And so like, right, put some sound effects on there, put some music on and hit the fast forward button. Yeah. So when it's racing along, <laughs> it you're like, along. definitely doesn't look like sped up footage at all, does it? <laughs> uh, but it, uh, it's when it takes off. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. That's early CGI. I mean, if you didn't know this guy was a fucking alien, it's just like, where have you been? And um, like we said, it balances as well, like you said, with um, Maggie being afraid to leave when Alex is in the car. He's fucking terrified he's leaving the earth. (laughs) I suppose the practical effects in this movie aren't the greatest. A lot of the money and the time, I think, went to the computer-generated effects. So we kind of get that little bit where Centauri's rubbing his eyes or washing his face, and then he turns (laughs) around, he's got this mask on, you know, and then when he turns back, he puts his face back on. And he turns back into Robert. Preston. See, uh, like child me was pretty terrified at that at first. Like the first <laughs> shock, you're just like, oh, like it takes. It's, it's such a quick flash reveal, and then back to normal again as he puts his face back on. Yeah. So, but I thought the prosthetics still hold up pretty well. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing I think they look good. It's only in movement that I think they start to look a bit ropey, and it's mainly when he gets to the Star Command yeah. place and you see all the other pilots and he sat with them like, and he's uh, Alex <laughs> is just like what the hell aliens. am I doing here surrounded by aliens now I think all the prosthetics look really really good but they don't move very well no. they look like puppets or muppets yeah. even uh, but still I think they look good 
You don't trifle with the Bodati. They love to fight. That's why they're perfect for this war. Did you say war? But of course. Why else do you think you're here? So there's one thing I do want to bring up, other than the prosthetic work, is mm. the CGI work. Yeah. Uh, because this film is known as one of the earliest films to incorporate CGI. Mm. Now, before this, in like in the 70s, we had Westworld that had like a vision mode for the, the androids, the yeah. robots, that that was CGI. But it wasn't it wasn't aiming to be photorealistic CGI. But yeah, it was yeah. early use of CGI in film. And then we have Tron. Yeah, uh, a few years before wow. this one, and again, like they envisioned CGI, they used CGI to envision what it was like inside a video game. So that was kind of like a get out clause, like it doesn't have to look photo real. Yeah. Whereas the yeah. last Starfighter, for all intents and purposes, is the first film ever to go. We're going to use CGI and put it in the film and make it like that's really there, photorealistic spaceships. Yeah. And and everything else, and and the battles, the asteroids, everything. CGI and uh, it was one hell of an undertaking because the company that did it were being uh, were, were in competition with another company that wanted to do it with practical uh, ships and models yeah, like yeah, classical yeah. Star Wars and yeah. everything that had been done. Yeah, and so like the the is a massive gamble at this point to go let's CGI because it's never been done on this scale before mm, yeah. and on this budget with the the team that was doing it. Digital Productions had only done commercials for TV. Yeah. So you're like, this is an incredibly small team. And they did the maths. Nick Castle was like, how long is it going to take to do all of these digital shots and render them out? So it was like, quickly do the maths. And they went, this is going to take 17 months. So uh, the other company that was doing the models was like, fire them. We'll do it. We'll do it. And okay. we'll do it in three months. And Nick Castle went, no, I'm going to give it to you guys. You said 17 months. You've got six go Ooh. and they did they did all the effects in those six months wow. now and i also six think months. that that's also because they had to rush like hell so some of the cgi shots towards the end of the film like when they're flying through like an asteroid right right and yeah. all the walls just look like they look melted they don't look finished yeah yeah they had to rush yeah they, they had no choice uh but very commendable work for the earliest CGI in films. And of course, I usually go off on a rant and detest CGI in movies. And yeah. part of me is like, God damn you, Michael Myers. Not only were you killing babysitters, you were killing practical effects. I hate you. But no, I have to commend the uh, the early attempts here because CGI, for all intents and purposes, is the future yeah. of film eventually. Yeah. Uh, it will be photo real. We won't be able to tell the difference anymore. So. Yeah. Uh, fantastic AI generated and all that shit and yeah. and that, that's the same with me like I love good practical space effects but there are so many things in the space battles that you wouldn't be able to really pull off well that was it they uh, the team event. I think they presented some early prototype footage of some X-Wings fighting to George Lucas and George looked at that and went nah don't like it I was like really George like cause 20 like, years bro. 20 years it's all gonna be that He's just funny. He's gonna need his money back. But that was because they uh, they also had to invent uh, motion blur because mm. obviously they'd never done three D moving space camera CGI, so they had to create motion blur to 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 make it so it didn't look choppy. If thing was going one way and the camera was going the other, yeah, it didn't have that stop motion kind of look to it. So again, pioneers here. Yeah, and it and it just really works as well because, like you said, once they get to Rylos, once they get to the Central Command, they meet with the Rylosians or whatever, um, and we we find out that um, Zer, played by Norman Snow, is a Rylo Rylosian, I suppose, um, and he's 
left Rylos because he wanted to he wanted to rule. He's a spoiled child kind of uh, character, and he wanted to rule the planet. And he's fucked off to another part of the universe. And he's picked up the Kodans, and he's taken their or he's been gifted their armada by the Emperor of Kodan, and they're all kind of. I don't know, are they controlled? A lot of the pilots in the ships are, are, are controlled. They don't really independently think. But we do have this one commander, I think it's Commander Krill, yes, um, who's in charge of like the battle fleet. And I love the back and kind of forth between them. We don't get too much, but just enough that you know that Zer is a sport child who's been given this big fucking weapon to play with and he shouldn't be allowed it. And Commander Krill understands that they have to tactically take out the Rylosians' defense, or they're all going to fucking die. And uh, so, like you said, with the CGI effect, they cut that hole through the giant frontier. Yeah. There's this barrier, this energy barrier in the middle of fucking space. I don't know how space fucking works, but I know that barrier really <laughs> curve or something. I don't know. <laughs> and they, they cut the hole through, don't they? And they, they fire a couple of asteroids. But this is after... Alex has come to Star Command, he's looked around, he, he's being given the big speech by the ambassador that this is what they're fighting against, they're fighting against Zer, and he's like, nope, fuck this. I want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Centauri's just like, really? Like, I like you want to go home? This is, you could be the Starfighter. This, yeah. this, this is what the machine was made for. <laughs> but, and we find out, like, that arcade machine, the Starfighter, yeah. was meant for Vegas, yeah. yet somehow it ended up in this trailer park. But he was like, but it's destiny, my boy! <laughs> destiny! It was meant to be! That's yeah. why you're standing here before me now the starfighter but he like, i want to go home i'm scared i don't want to fight so he's like well fine i'll take you home yeah and he's like here i'll take this just in case you change your mind and he's like no nope, not gonna change my mind not gonna change my mind and it's they've already dropped off a beta unit um, right who is played by lang's guest as, as well. well not this monstrosity <laughs> that they first see yeah because like oh alex is unwell he was up all night and uh uh, Maggie walks in there and she's just like, uh, Alex, you okay? I'll uh, I'll be in the other room. And he's like, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> We get the shot where the duvet gets pulled back and we see this changeling creature, thing. monster, synthetic robot android thing just like gasping for air. It's like, holy shit. Some, some effects it's, work and it's, some don't. Uh, it's pretty nightmare inducing <laughs> for a young child, I've got to say. <laughs> but yeah, eventually it forms flesh and and then tries to integrate itself into Alex's life to make up for the fact that he's not there. So no one will ask questions. Yeah, and and you get that great bit because Alex comes back and meets the beta unit. So you just got Lance Guest going off against Lance Guest. But you've also got um, Alex's younger brother with Lewis. the comedy scenes. Yeah. Lewis, where he's looking at the Playboy magazine, <laughs> yeah. where he's where he's watching... Beta take his head off and try to repair his ears. Yeah. He's like, go back to sleep, Lewis. <laughs> go back to sleep. Um, but so it's it's practically all comedy beats for this Beta character. Mm. And in test screenings for the film, the audience was like, that Beta character was hilarious. So they're like, well, production's wrapped. Get the cast back together. Or oh, Alex is, is cut the cut all of his hair off. Get a wig. Get a wig on him. <laughs> We're going to go film all these extra scenes with Beta now and put them into the movie because... Test audiences loved it. That, so you'll be able to spot like the scene where he ends up in the back of the truck with his friend. Yeah, yeah. He's and he doesn't understand laughter. That's a wig he's wearing. You know, so I'm like the scene where maybe he's fixing his ear and his the hand is holding on top of his head. I was like, maybe that's to keep the wig on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so the beta stuff is really quite funny. Very charming. And a last minute addition. Yeah. Um, and while, while uh, Alex is on Earth, 
they've cut the hole through the barrier to Rylos and fired asteroids through the through the barrier. Um, Zara and his forces. And the asteroids come flying at Star Command, and as Star Command's getting ready to obviously defend it, the Rylosian that Centauri is being kind of betting money against turns out to be a traitor and blows up the shield defense and shuts the network down. So these asteroids smash right into um, Star Command, wipe everybody out. And at the same time on Earth, we'd had um, a, a, an alien mercenary. And I, I think it was you who said to me before the camera turned it's on. It's like, Gold to Cat. Gold to Cat. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's not the only Star Trek uh, actor that appears in this yeah, film. Yeah. Now, one of the other ones was cut from the film, the old Will Wheaton. Uh, now, you <laughs> currently you can see him in the background either uh, riding a skateboard uh, but I think he's the one with the red football sweater on right, uh, right. in the background. But yeah, Will Wheaton's lines were cut. But he's not the only face of Star Trek here either. We have Meg Wiley, yes. who plays Granny Gordon, is one of the Telosian keepers from the pilot episode, The, the Cage. First, yeah. yeah. Uh, but on top of that, there's like five or six, maybe even more faces from Star Trek from other episodes here on there. I'm just like, it's like a reunion of yeah. Star Trek characters. Oh, it's just it's just so great. And and Gold Cat, you know, this weird alien, he turns up um, and when he, in, he he kind of integrates with the arcade machine or he, it, it integrates with him and it takes away his his disguise. So once again, practical effects, you might look at this fish alien creature and be like, oh, it's not the best thing ever. But honestly, like Gary said, eight year old fucking 10 year old me watching this film i was scared of this alien and i wanted it dead i mean, I, th I think if i remember i'd already seen battlestar galactica and the bug people eating the sure, people yeah. in that episode so i was all right with sci-fi um but beta you know alex and centauri all defeat this alien and centauri informs alex like you know you know you need to come back with me or all these things are going to come to earth they're going to wipe you out your family you need to help me and so they fly back to stark man and find Everything is fucking destroyed, and Centauri even gets injured, doesn't he? he gets he shot dies, by yeah. the uh, by the bounty hunter, and he dies um, once they get back. It's a pretty sweet scene where they're just like, "Yes, we've got all the money for you. You're going to get paid handsomely." And he's just like, "Oh, there's nothing, you know, like something about dying rich or something." Yeah, says, yeah. And uh, it's just like, "Oh man, he yeah. was so fun." Alex, I want you to know it was for the greatest good I brought you back. It never, never hurts to be rich. We've got Dan O'Herlihy who yes! plays Greg, and this, when I was re-watching this movie for the review, I, I, you know, you have to set time aside to sit down, you know, freshen your palate, sit down with a clear head, and I knew I was kind of biased with this movie, but seven o'clock in the morning, I was like, I'm gonna. I'm going to watch last fucking Starfire. Fuck it. Cup of tea. Get up. And sitting there and just watching Greg just making all these jokes. It's the <laughs> old man from Robocop coming right. from head to toe in what looks to be clay. You know? But he's it's Cochrane from Halloween fucking three. Right. <laughs> and he's just got some of the best dialogue bouncing back and forth with Alex. Especially... I never knew he was such a comedic actor. Yes. Because <laughs> he's usually just such a straight laced villain. <laughs> You know, and so him having so much fun here, all of his expressions oh, and reactions. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I kind of think like the uh, when they did the first shot with him, which is actually the end of the film. Right. 
spoilers, okay. where he comes down and meets the, the, the residents of the trailer park. Yeah. That was the first thing they shot with him, and they were like, the, the, the makeup was too tight on him, so right. he couldn't really emote too much. So in all the shots throughout the film after the end one, yeah. uh, they loosened up the makeup, but still the actor said he had to really exaggerate his face yeah, yeah. to get the, the makeup to move, uh, but the effect comes across really well. And it's so... It's night and day difference between his makeup and, of course, all the extensive prosthetic aliens, which just have eyes that occasionally look in random directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, they did a great job and brilliant performance. I mean, it's it's just the fact that, like, he, he like you said, he's so funny because he explains to Alex, like, we've got to get him the Starfighter. Well, this is the prototype. We're going to have to go out and we're going to have to fight Zero. Or he's going to get through and kill us all. And then he breaks the news to Alex as they're flying out that they're the last one. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they're all going to die in a glorious battle. <laughs> Ain't that going to be awesome? <laughs> and you sat there looking at Greg like, is he insane? And one of my favourite parts is when uh, he's he's convinced Alex, because Alex is still like, I want to go home. But he's like, no, okay, I'll, I'll be the last Starfighter. I'll, I'll I'll take on the mantle. And they have their training exercise. Yeah, where yeah. He shoots him, shoots one down, and he's hesitant to, to make the kill, because essentially he's killing whoever these guys are. Yeah. Um, but uh, they have that that speech about what, what they're fighting for or what they have back home. And, and he, the family pictures. The family pictures, yeah. yeah. And he's just like, you know what? I'll, uh, I, I will take on the mantle of the last Starfighter. We'll go to the fight. And Greg's just like, right. Well, we've got this force field, and we've got this the Armada to worry about, and this and this. And uh, and Alex is like, we'll be dead. We'll be killed. And he's like, well, I'll figure it out by the time we get there. Yeah, we're there. We're, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. I'll have it all figured out by the time we reach the frontier. What's that? The frontier. But he's so confident. He believes in in Alex as the last Starfighter. Even though they, they're probably all got, they're both going to die. <laughs> yeah. But then we see the, the the majesty of this ship, like its capabilities. I've not seen since in sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> the way that it just sort of when they're completely surrounded, he engages the the death the, blossom. The, the death blossom. Death blossom. And it just fires off in every direction. But it, but it works out because like you, you had these pirates that were holding up the frontier and that's when we had the first Gunstar space battle which was pretty good. Alex, like you said, coming over the grief of having to shoot aliens just battle. These are bad guys. The difference between them. arcade game and real. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the giant uh, huge... Uh, flagship of of Zer has this communication device and if they can knock out the communication device they'll stagger all of the fighters that are protecting the big carrier and if they can take out the fighters without the communication device they might even have a chance and so then yeah when he activates that fucking death blossom and the ship spins all over the place <laughs> and you know that like this is early 84 so you know i don't know if people remember maybe i'm just too old you had those uh, those things that you'd stand in and hold the bars and it would spin all over the place. It's like 360 and you'd come walking out <laughs> of it and your brain's <laughs> in your ass and you're vomiting. Every time I watch this thing, I'm like, how is Alex surviving that? Because right. I don't think Grig spins at all. Yeah, Grig's having a party I back there. it's just yeah. Alex who just kind of spins around and the ship spins around. Yeah, maybe he's in like a gyrosphere Yeah, chair, gyrosphere maybe, yeah. thing. But at, once it ends, Alex is just like, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm going to... <laughs> But they defeat all of the fighters and it's the flagship that's left. Um, but they actually, uh, they've wasted all of their energy. Well, I also just want to bring up as well, because uh, there's a pretty dramatic moment that happens planet side as well. Yes, that leads yes. up to it where 
going back to Beta and Maggie, uh, their relationship, the romance, the uh, Beta not understanding her flirtatious behavior, yeah, like yeah. screaming or slapping her when she put her tongue in his ear, <laughs> that kind of thing, and making out, and he hears the other boy talking dirty to this other girl, so he starts using the lines back, and <laughs> all of the miscommunications, misunderstandings, but they work here because they're quite charming and, yeah. and sweet. Uh, but he Beta ends up giving up. He's like, oh, damn it, fine. I'm a robot. I've been sent here to fill in the shoes for Alex while he's out there saving the universe. And he's like, what the? What? <laughs> yeah. But lo and behold, there's a bounty hunter that just happens to shoot the Beta at that point. He's like, see, look, look, look. not real. Yeah. Uh, but then he sacrifices himself by plowing the truck right into a radio beacon because the bounty hunter guy is just waiting to tell Star Command word by word. <laughs> yeah, the last Starfire is. is. I was just like, can he just send it like... Why is it coming through one word at a time? But it's funny anyway. So he plows the car into it, blows himself up, kills him, stops the transmission. So the uh, the evil overlord's like, dead! Clearly the last starfighter is dead! So, so stupid. Yeah. Like, way to go. And so that means Alex uh, and Greg can uh, swoop in now to, uh, to save the day. Well, I like, like I said, I like the conflict between Crew and Zer, where Crew actually has Zer arrested. And has that weird scepter thing taken off him because, yeah. you know, leading up to all of this, Zara's pretty much led them into a fucking trap and they're all going to die, you know, and he doesn't want to die, which is like, wow, that's actually some character development for an evil character that I actually kind of like. I hate yeah. this guy. But... I hate him. I think he's the worst part of the film, to be honest. The petulant, you know, child yeah. who's been disowned by his dad and wants revenge. It's just like, and he he is, he's a shallow character. He has... fucking escapes. Yeah, yeah. He fucking yeah. escapes. It's like, how does the bad guy get away and nobody's mentioned it for fucking 40 odd years? But I'm kind of glad that he gets kind of taken out of the film for a little bit. Because yeah. we get to focus on like the, 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 the commander of this, this, this enemy ship. Yeah. And he is hilarious. He is fantastic. He's, he's almost like a, like a Klingon in his behavior. Yeah. Um, and uh, when, when the ship's getting blown up, he's like, prepare for ramming speed. <laughs> yeah, we're going <laughs> to ram the Gunstar. <laughs> yeah. And you, you've got the Gunstar just sitting there with no power after the Death Blossom. You know, La, uh, uh, Alex can't do anything because obviously he's the gunner. And Greg is, you know, fucking the old man from Robocop's trying to fix the power unit in this spaceship. And uh, he actually gets it done and they manage to just gently move out of the way. But by that time, the flagship is caught in the gravitational pull of the moon. Because they were, they were hoping to push the Gunstar into the moon or crash themselves in the Gunstar? I don't know, but the collision detection in space is, this film is a little bit off. It's like old arcade games where... That, I just love that little ding where they're just like donged Don't, out the yeah. way by the flagship. I was talking about when the flagship hits the moon. Oh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. It's like, how big, small is that ship or that moon? I don't know. I don't know. But this has got to be one of the most hilarious cuts in the entire film. I literally want to take this edit and use it in all future reviews for appropriate times where he's just like, the ship's blowing up, what are we going to do? We, we die. die. What do we do? We die. One of the greatest lines ever. It's yeah. the delivery. It's the way he puts a little... <laughs> what does we that die. mean? What does that, what does that <laughs> thing do? Does it help you target? Does it help you contact other people? What? And he's just like, we die. It's like, okay. It's great. It's so good. And then that explosion as well. Oh, no. <laughs> And so Alex and Greg head back to Star Command. They come across Centauri, who's actually 
survived. He's, he's regenerated. You know, and so he's absolutely happy as well. The three of them have got so many different ideas that they can do on the planet and defense and help and build up and all this kind of stuff. You know, Centauri's like thinking about all the money he's going to make. And um, Alex is just like, well, I've got to go home. I promised Maggie. I'd, I'd... And, you know, it harkens back to him at the start saying, well, I'll go off and then I'll come back for you. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So then when he comes back in the spaceship and he comes back to Maggie and she even thinks for a little bit that he's, he's not coming back, but he comes down and they have this whole moment. And she's just like, well, I don't, I don't know if I can leave Alex. And it's what actually about her, Granny? Yeah, and her Granny's just like, get the fuck off, go on. <laughs> if you don't leave, I'm going with him for fuck's sake, you know. And I, like I said, there's just the whole cool community thing again, like we had at the beginning, the celebration that yeah. Alex has not only, you know, found his course in life, but he's fucking practically saved the universe by playing a video game, which I tried to use against my mother when I was younger, <laughs> yeah. and she wouldn't buy it. No. no. <laughs> But it's good as well because we get the interaction with Grig and, and the community. And then you've got Lewis at the end, like, so excited. He's going to play and he's going to be the next Starfire. Film needs a fucking sequel. Well, they've been trying to get a sequel off the ground for decades. And you know what the problem is? What? Lawyers. Uh... Because Universal were like, it's ours. And Warner Brothers are like, it's ours. And Jonathan Batool's like, it's mine. And so no one can really go forward with it. But there's been script ideas like uh, nick castle had a completed script had the whole thing planned out returning characters and everything returning actors yeah couldn't get it off the ground because it's either universal or warner brothers one of them's like we own sequel rights and the other one owns remake rights uh, right. and somebody else is like well i own the rights which means neither of you two can go ahead anyway yeah so but there there is there, the, the the fight has not stopped. The filmmakers, the the crew, the staff, the team that really believe in the last Starfighter. Yeah. That its message, that its story is relevant today as it was forty years ago. Yeah. Uh, it's still worth telling. Whether it's a soft reboot, a requel, sequel, dequel, whatever it is, they're going <laughs> to bloody name it and call it. Uh, the last Starfighter has there, there's concept art and uh, out there. They really want to make it. It's just a matter of. Money, I suppose. Ah, oh, Disney's gonna buy it, bruh. They'll just come. Disney will just come along and go. We're buying this. Yeah. On who? All of you. Here you <laughs> Probably. Go. Yeah. And then we'll take it and we'll turn it into a <laughs> twelve part series. <laughs> wow. Well, one of the stories I heard was that Lewis would be the next Starfighter and he would join an armada of them after finding out that his brother's just been killed. Ah, so nice, that's nice. one way that they don't have to get Lance Guest in or maybe have him as a cameo and then they can recast Lewis actor and I, I think that's where they'll go with the story. Well, I thought, I was thinking about this as I was uh, watching the film, what would be great is if actually Maggie and Alex had had a kid that's on another story. That's the other. That's and, the other plot, yeah. You know, and, and he, it's kind of like Elf where he's just like, why don't I look like bold like the rest of you and he goes back to earth and meets up with lewis but yeah. that's when star command gets fucked up and zara comes back with another force or maybe commander krill jr with his little you know but <laughs> you could turn it into a two-hour movie or 12 yeah. hour i i think we probably film. will eventually see another last starfighter movie or i think the title would be just starfighter that's what they were going uh, for. yeah i'd go or sorry that. starfighters because there's going to be the you know crew of them this time yeah <laughs> a the fleet. last starfighters yeah, yeah. well what were your favorite scenes from the last star oh man i mean geez like where the fuck do you start honestly like just i i really like that opening uh moment where alex gets the high score and the whole community is ext you know extremely excited and happy about what's happened because it's 
to them kind of like the biggest thing that's happened recently or the biggest thing that happened to Alex recently so they're all kind of happy for him yeah you know and I, I kind of recognize that what even when I was a kid it's just like oh I wish other people would recognize my high score and my achievements and, and, and weirdly enough because like we're now in the future and you get achievements on video games and everyone's like oh man I can't believe you got that one I wish I get that one and stuff like that um I, I love all of the alien effects. I love anything of this movie that involves this, the, the sci-fi-ness of going to Rylos or Commander Zur and his flagship and his ships and the gun stars and the weird aliens at Space Command. Even the fucking bold traitor who comes along with the little bomb. It's a little light box. <laughs> yeah. That's it. It's a box with a light on it. But when he puts it down, you know. You know that shit's going to fuck shit up. And, and that's where this movie's going. <laughs> I, I, I love Greg, you know, I love the old man and I love his little speech where he's just like, I don't think we die. I think we go to battle evil in another universe. Another dimension. That's it. And I'm like, that's that's a really good thought process. You know, I can I can get behind that because it just it takes away all the fear, you yeah. know, about you dying. Like Greg, even even Dan's kind of emoting allowed me to understand that Griggs character was doing this for all of his family. And if he doesn't do this, his family is dead anyway. And he, we find out that his family has been enslaved by Zer and he wants to kill Zer or kill Zer. He doesn't actually necessarily say they're still alive. Yeah. Um, he does mention that they were, they're slaves, but it's like, has he lost a son? Has he lost family? You know, it's just, come on, fucking Lance Guest, let's go fuck this motherfucker <laughs> up. And I suppose my last couple of favourite shots are Maggie. Yeah, there's so many memorable favourite scenes in the film. First one's going to be also the high score. Just seeing all those people just cheering him on. I'm like, they probably don't even know what the game is. <laughs> how it plays. They're just happy for him because they love him. Yeah. You know, and it's just seeing the dog barking. And like I said, the cat tapping on the screen. Everyone cheering. But it's also the kind of sweet sort of romantic moment that happened just before that, which mm. I thought was, I think their best scene between uh, these two, where she comes up and she's like, oh, maybe, you know, I came back to see you. And just, just like, the, it was so sweet. And like I said, this film is packed with charm. Yeah. And so, yeah, whenever these two were on screen together, you really believed their relationship. And so, yeah, that, that high score scene is, is really cool. Now, there is also another scene between these two that I thought was pretty bad. Right, okay. And, and Lewis's reaction to it was also my own. I love you so much, Alex. I always love you, Max. Diarrhea. Uh, the horrifying creature that's left in Alex's bed, like, before you find out that it's a beta unit, like, just seeing it without its skin and hair, it's just, uh, it's frightening. <laughs> Especially the, 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 the troubled breathing it's having as well. Yeah, yeah I was trying to build lungs, <laughs> oh, yeah. God. The prepare for ramming scene, and of course, his final line, we, we die. die. It's just brilliant. Like, I'm going to use that some more, I swear. <laughs> what do we do? We die. And I guess my, my other favourite scene, and it's from um, Centauri, where he's just like, um, uh, where Alex is just like, but I'm just a farm boy. I don't know this. And uh, he says, well, if that's what you think, then that's all you'll ever be. Yeah. Uh, because it does ring true. And, uh, and that's, of course, the moment that kind of helps turn things around for Alex as well, to think, maybe I do need to change my way of thinking. Maybe I am the last Starfighter. Yeah. <laughs> 
Ian, do you recommend the film? Oh, fucking hell yeah, fucking dude. <laughs> yeah. I think this movie's been secretly in the back of my head ever since we started this show that I've always wanted to review The Last Starfire and it was just an easy blast. I could watch this movie at any point, um, but you know, when I turn it on, I become an eight-year-old kid who's just, you know, eyes are wide open to the universe and hoping that one day they achieve some kind of amazing goal that somebody comes along and goes, hey boy, get in my car and drive off. We're going to fly fucking spaceships and blow up a fucking flagship. It's like, fuck yeah. Um, I, I, I secretly, I think, Lance Guest is a great actor. You know, like I said, I'm a big fan of Halloween 2. Jaws 4 is not as bad as Jaws 3. And he, he, he can make you believe you know, he can make you believe that he's sat in a gunship or he can make you believe that there's a mechanical shark chasing him or he can make you believe that, you know, is it Nick Castle in Halloween 2 or is it a different guy? I think it's Castle. Just guys always think that Nick Castle is going to stab you and fucking kill you. Um, the film just has so much charm, so much warmth. And by the end of it, you know, you're happy. You enjoy it. Oh, hell yeah. I'm definitely going to be recommending The Last Starfighter. For me, it's a near-timeless classic, filled with adventure, exciting space battles, strange aliens, and quirky characters. The story is really compelling, and the concept of video games leading to real heroic space battles is bound to capture your imagination, even if the groundbreaking effects look like melted ice cream. It was the earliest days of CGI, and the small team did a spectacular job for the time. So even though they don't hold up, everything else does. Especially how naturally charming everything else is. Lance Guest was, was a natural in the role. He was believable and often quite funny. Who also had great chemistry on screen with Catherine Mary Stewart. He was equally well performed with her own story arc. Special mention though to Robert Preston... Uh, he was astronomically brilliant in the role of Centauri, as was Dan O'Hurley, who shined underneath all that makeup. The prosthetics were also really impressive. Great design work, though it's a shame that they lacked full movement and look a little puppet-like. The music and score, though, by Craig Saffin was also fantastic. It was loud, it was bombastic, it was filled with a full orchestra, and it elevated those action scenes and made the heroic beats that gelled the whole film together. So yeah, it's, it's looking dated. It may not have made a huge splash when released, but those that remember The Last Starfighter, this is a cult movie. It's timeless, it's worth a watch, and a rewatch. As for Every Earthling who ever dreamed of adventures beyond the stars comes the astonishing story of one who made it. Thanks for watching Off The Shelf Reviews. What do we do? We die.